I'm going to drop big words and I'm going to pretend to be Jess. Like, you take it and you enjoy it. There are no razor blades in it. Just like, uh, the disclaimer <laughs> definitely puts more fear into it. <laughs> it should make you feel better, but it doesn't. <laughs> definitely with that aggressive tone. There's probably not a razor blade in that one. <laughs> probably. Probably. I don't not. remember putting cyanide in that one. No. Yeah. Th- that would be weird. Anyway. We actually haven't introduced ourselves. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Aaron, Master of Mediocrity. Hey, I'm Todd. Uh, burrito. Burrito boy. I'm a, I'm a certified burrito. Yeah. Yeah. More food. <laughs> More food. <laughs> Welcome to food. So, <laughs> yeah, Todd... <laughs> Todd, you're going to be our finale That's guest. That's very exciting. I'm very honored. Um, yeah, no, I'm really, really excited. Uh, I guess let me kind of serenade you in compliments oh, real boy. quick. So, Todd, you and the Burrito Boys were some of the first comic Twitter folks that I met and really clicked with and was able to really fully engage with. I think Nat connected me with y'all really um and love that nat i hope you're doing well and honestly it feels like i've known you forever at this point i I mean i we like don't know much about each other's personal lives but not much at all (laughs) not much at all but it it's just one of those like online friendships where it's like yeah i can just hit you up whatever and shoot the shit or talk shit or whatever like any version of shit mostly any version of shit (laughs) I have some limits. Yeah, on I do too. Okay. <laughs> see, we're learning yeah, about see, each other. We're finding the boundaries. It's so far so boundaries. good. <laughs> yes, this is how friendships grow. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now we just have to respect that boundary. Yes, <laughs> like, please. <laughs> I think I have a cat trying to leave my roommate's room. Cats are dumb. Oh yeah, they are. Okay. They're the best dumb dums, and they're so smart yeah. at the same time. Right. She's hiding in my roommate's room because currently at the time of recording i am dog sitting and she has not had a lot of exposure to dogs yep that'll do it <laughs> yep why is that cat and, weird <laughs> yeah that cat doesn't look right she saw him and panicked whenever he first the dog first came over a couple weeks ago sure like sprinted by him and just hissing yep. <laughs> just like hid downstairs and sounds right now he's here for the weekend and Duh. I'll crate him whenever I go to bed and she'll come out and probably be like, the fuck is this in a box? <laughs> this in a box? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to shower you in compliments back because... Aww. Suck it. Too bad. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I wildly appreciate your voice in the community. It is, I think, important the perspective that you bring and just your analytical side. The burritos are very much feelings-based because we do like a Wednesday show. So we don't have a lot of time to like process out like what we really like or why or a lot of times. Whereas on the other side of the coin, you are so well crafted in what you present in terms of maybe not like your shit posting Twitter feed, which is also my favorite thing. Um, but then what you also present <laughs> here on this platform, it's super necessary. And I think really important. And I love it. It's NPR is in my car. Anytime I turn it on, that is what I'm listening to. So I 
love what you guys do because it just reminds Aww. me of that. And I really think we need more girls talking comics. It's yes. it's super needed because it's a huge part of the market. But you go to YouTube, you go to iTunes, and my goodness, it's a lot of boys talking comics. <laughs> like a yes. lot of it. Yes. Um, which, you know, I've been very lucky to also encounter a lot of boys who talk comics and other nerd things who are very respectful and very, I, I haven't gotten close to much of any of them, <laughs> so I can't really give them up with a second com- compliment without sounding disingenuous. But sure. uh, no, they're incredibly oh, open, respectful and open we go. to my perspectives. You know, you mentioned my shit posting Twitter. There have been occasions where I've tried to throw things out there to piss people off and no one gets mad. <laughs> And I'm like, How dare they? <laughs> I hear all these things of, you know, I've seen the hate groups in action and things, and I'm like, I'm over here chilling. So hating, hating on your super people. Yep. Hi. Where you at? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. Like I love it. I do love when the nothing. goat just nothing happens. <laughs> just like okay. I was told I there guess, would be aggression. <laughs> I, I was told I was going to get attacked. Yeah. I was. Where the fuck? I was promised <laughs> adversity. And here I am. Come on. Vibing. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I I often wonder what the thing is and I'm like, am I just not worth engaging? No, it's probably, it's more like, (laughs) I think you're asking, oh man, not a quote. I'm, oh man, what I was about to say, I do not like out of context. I believe you were looking for the fight. So maybe that's what. It's when you're not looking for the fight that engages. Ah, okay. Okay. I think that's, now I I think that's your problem. Casually throw out opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be like, you know what? That that Tom King sure can write a good Wally. <laughs> Just real innocent like. Honestly? Okay, I'm going to put it in recording. I like Tom King shit. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I yeah I, I do too. I mean, in terms of we're with you, most of the burrito boys and us will agree. I did not like his Batman, but that's fine. I'm allowed mm. to not like some of someone's work, but to trash him completely yeah. over it, I feel would be mean of me. When I do enjoy, I enjoy his twelve parters I so much. Adored Mister Miracle and yeah. Visions. Yes. Visions. That's my favorite Tom King is Visions. So good. Yeah. And I love half of Mr. Miracle. I'm not a half of it. I'm not a huge fan of the if you anybody wants to go to Comic Burrito and watch my hot take. We did like 45 minutes on Mr. Miracle. And I really love the crisis of them being on Earth. I love that half of the book. I'm not as big of a fan when they're in like Godland and dealing with like a like dark side and all of that. Um, I love some of the moments in there, but it's fine. It's, I still liked it. That's the thing. I think it's overhyped, but I still really like it. <laughs> like it's still, I still really like it. It's just. The ending was such an existential yes. question. It's very good. And, <laughs> you know, I kind of in response to you, I think the um, Godland, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> The, uh, you know, dark seed, dark side, dark, dark side, side. Dark, dark, side is. dark side, dark side is his world. I thought went so perfectly because of how, what the ending was. Yeah, that's fair. Like at one point I was kind of like, this is suspiciously going well. <laughs> and then the ending happened and I was like, 
I think that's why. Yep. And that's fair. Yeah. It just, it just kind of makes sense a little bit from that narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tom King probably intended that. I mean, he could have, for all I know, I doubt he sat down and was like, well, I'm going to give hints and foreshadowing by saying, by making everything conspicuously easy. Because in superhero stories, you're used to things being kind of easy. Yeah. Because, you know, just punch your way through something. Yes. And certainly Scott Free and his ability to just escape. But it does make me kind of wonder if things just went too smooth. Yeah. And there was like too many like tying up of ends kind of thing. Sure. But no, it's a great read. I just, I don't love it as much as other people, but I still really like it. I own it. It's something that I reference a lot. I like it a lot, but I love Visions. Visions is amazing. Rorschach and Strange Adventures is amazing right now. I'm getting the hardcovers of those. I I love me some Tom King. He has some misses, but give me a writer. I'll give you a miss that they've had. Like, it happens. Right? I think I'm going to read Strange Adventures when it's done. I stopped because that's what I want to do, too. Yeah, I find his stories to be much more enjoyable as a collection. Yes, 100%. And actually, I, I might reread Heroes in Crisis so I can see what it's like in a full... I definitely recommend that. That's the only way I've read it. I didn't read it when it came yeah. out. And I I got to the end of it. I'm like, that was good. What I was so excited to be like on the hate train and be like, this is going to be a good time because like I went into it thinking like, this is going to be poopy. And then I, when I finished, I'm like, that was good. That was a good read. I don't really understand what people are so upset about. <laughs> I get I mean, I know what they're upset about. They don't like how Wally was treated, but it's like the character's been around for like decades. It can just let it let let Wally have a little bit different of a story. It's fine. Let him have a fall from grace. Yeah, it's okay, man. Like I like Green Lantern. All my guys have been the worst at one point. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So here is in crisis. My one. My, the reason I was upset about it was, and there might be, I think, a small group that also felt the same way was that I thought the puddlers metaphor in it about like picking off the weak Mm -hmm. could have led to a much cooler exploration of mental health and superheroes. Yeah. And I felt like the ending veered dramatically from that plot. And so that was what... Yeah, that definitely got dropped pretty hard. Yeah, that was what I was disappointed in. Yeah, it definitely veered more towards like classic superhero to tie things up. Yes, and I I almost wonder if he had to do that. Yeah, since they started another arc, kind of with that storyline. Uh huh. No, you mentioned Green Lanterns. I read yeah. a second Green Lantern <gasps> book. Yes. yes. So I have read Rage Planet. Awesome. So I got introduced to Jessica Cruz. Dope. Oh, she's and, amazing. But then I read the new Jessica Cruz book. Okay. The DC graphic novel one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yep. It's called Unearth. There we go. I okay. have not read that. So it's non-canon for people who give a shit. I don't. Yep. Um, <laughs> first off, I want to mention that color is very important in this book in a lot of different ways. Obviously, lanterns, color, emotion, feelings. But it is a story about racism, specifically targeting Hispanic immigrants. There's like a local election happening. The person who's running is like, we're going to clean up the town, which is a euphemism for we're going to get deport all the illegals. 
Yep. And Jessica Cruz in this story is the is an illegal immigrant. Her parents are, Her but parents I think are, but she's, she was. Yep. Natural born. She has no. She wasn't natural born. She wasn't. She's. Okay has to renew her like dreamers paperwork i think and she's incredibly feeling conflicted and scared Mm -hmm. over it and i know fear was a lot of jessica cruz yeah yep anxiety and Mm -hmm. mental health is a big part of jessica Mm -hmm. cruz in this one it's less traumatizing i guess less being because from what i understand from rage planet planet there's an implication of being hunted down and like her friends being murdered or something no it's a yeah yeah. and this one is more her dad gets arrested sure okay and for being illegal and her friends and neighborhood are constantly being targeted and anytime she sees police she's worried it's her parents and so it's this constant stress and this sense of alienation that her friends don't understand or won't understand or won't empathize won't sympathize but she's also not told any of them mm. what her legal status is or what's going on so as the story goes on she's given some opportunities uh that really allows the reader to connect with the like mythology of her culture of mexico and learn about mexican gods a little bit as based in the unearthed world if not real i haven't done the googling to see (laughs) to learn about them for realsies they've come to represent emotional states for like the different lantern colors like one is green and one is red cool and so it's this war between war within her of this green and red like clash of emotion and as the story goes through you can see when other people like are also changing colors and representing Mm. the different colors like as you get introduced to the colors so there is some great scenes where people are yellow and orange because they're a mixture of you know the red and yellow or uh she, she might have blends of all three colors or she she's talking to a friend and she becomes bright green as their conversation goes on or a crowd is bright green it's really i thought it was really really great i thought it was really relevant too because immigration and fucking all the racist bullshit that's happening Mm -hmm. anyway yep (laughs) so box stepping off but i also thought it was a really great way to also provide an answer of what somebody can do in response to these really large overwhelming problems i mean jessica cruz is living it where she's at risk of deportation she's scared and the story presented essentially that she when she reached out to people she found like-minded folks who were supporting her and they took action in a way to try to protect Jessica and her family and sway political opinion. And I thought that was really great and maybe an unintended consequence because there's so many superhero stories that I've read that are like, stand for, you know, stand against evil, stand for justice. But the answer they give you is something super heroic that can only be done with extreme powers. Whereas (laughs) this one was, since no one has superpowers, (laughs) it was very much practical ways of fighting and participating and being a hero. So I, I really enjoy it for that. That's awesome. Even I love it. Even though nobody was an actual Green Lantern. That's really cool. Jessica Cruz, I already identified a lot with because of like the anxiety and all of that, because like she had issues with her powers 
because she couldn't get over her anxiety and they would like flick her out and she'd have issues with stuff like that. But yeah, and I always found her to be a really human lantern. So I love that they decided to just take the character, strip the powers away and then give like a real life like, hey, for those people who maybe really need to understand and like empathize with this person, maybe this superhero who's not a superhero right now can get you into that mindset. Because 100% like our racism problem that we have, the huge one, the gap, the gaping wound that we have is because we have such a huge lack of empathy. It Mm -hmm. it's just non-existent. And I love books like this. Like what you described is perfect for maybe a handful of people will get it because of green lantern or whatever. And maybe some empathy can come out of it or somebody will be like, Oh, I don't need to wish that I was Superman so I can go fix some problems. Maybe I can like go see what's going on in my community and see if I can show up somewhere and help. And that's awesome. I love that. My friend who recommended it to me, he didn't really like it, (laughs) but he also like his problems were the fact that I didn't really follow canon because there was no real Green Lantern, you know. Sure. And he also really <laughs> likes to read, as he calls it, trash. Ah, <laughs> so, that's not it. You know, <laughs> I, I think like the value that he wants to get out of stories is so different than mine. Like, then again, he teaches sociology. Sure. And he teaches He's going for the opposite uh, side of things to like get yeah, get away he, from it. He wants the brain sugar. Yes. So. We differed in that. I th- I think we talked about opinions and both respected each other's in the sense of like, no, this is not the book I would recommend for somebody who wants something superficial. Yeah. But it is something that I would recommend for the up and coming um, social activist. Yeah. You know, or so or anybody who just wants to see a different size of Jessica Cruz. It was just it was really good. That's awesome. I'm, and I love the art and I love the color. I was wondering why I haven't read it and it came out September 14th of... Yeah, this year, super recent. So mm-hmm. I just have not come across that yet, but I will yeah. make my way to it because I, I know you're not a superhero person, uh, classically, anyways. Um, you know, to some degree, uh, you have some experience with superheroes, but it's not your thing. I have been so appreciating DC's social side of things mm. their represent book that was originally digital first and then it came out in singles is now coming out in a hardcover and it is amazing i highly recommend that it's a story of just black lives in the u.s um and mm-hmm. just living and trying to make a difference and it's amazing and then with the other and it's kind of an anthology right yes even within the issues yeah, yeah. like each issue each well, each digital was its own story. Okay. And then when they went to singles, like when they went to physicals, they put a few of the digitals in to each issue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, you get a few stories per single and then the hardcover, I think there will be like 12 to 15 probably stories in it. Oh, wow. Um, I love it. I've got it on my ordering list. I'm super excited to get it. I have it in singles too, but I really just want the hardcover because I love it. Same way with Other History of the DC Universe. I liked that one. It's so good. Oh my goodness. I It was my top pick every time it came out each week. I can't get enough. I'm, I'm so excited for the hardcovers because I want to spend a day just going through all of the stories. And I know from 
personal experience that it has made a big difference in at least a couple people. Cause I've talked to a couple people who I wasn't, I wouldn't say we had completely like diametric points of view in terms of some of these things, but I really appreciated it. Yes. <laughs> and I really appreciated the conversations that I got with them after they read it. And I think it's, it could be a really important book, especially for the superhero side of things where you don't mm -hmm. get a lot of social justice, so, social change. They try to like keep that fun and like heat vision can solve most things or like, ah, I figured out a trap. And now this problem is like, I, I really appreciated that they made a superhero story that didn't involve like powers didn't make any difference for any of their stories. They were just telling stories. Yeah. No, it, I, man, I am loving education through graphic novel format. Yeah. Like, okay. So you recently read the Jackie Orms. Yes, I did. Um, you did. And uh, a lot of the, right. A lot of the educational stuff I've picked up has been more murder based. <laughs> what like how to murder I, better uh like um <laughs> my friend Dahmer or ah, victorian murder gotcha. cases so, like, or G true, crime. true crime true crime gotcha i was like yes. i don't know where you're getting your murder handbook from but i don't know <laughs> if i'd put that on the podcast <laughs> trust me it's i'm reading it only to be not murdered oh smart see it's like yeah, reading yeah. the other team's playbook Exactly. Trying to on. get one up. Smart. Yeah, one All up. Right, that's smart. Uh, and I, I have to say it's really far more impactful because for Dahmer and Gein, I had listened, you know, they're fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. Throw a stone at true to, crime and you'll get one. Yeah, yeah. It's like only just replicas of them going, mine, mine, mine. Uh -huh. And you're like, ah, geez. <laughs> Let's get a new cannibal. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Let's get a, do we want a new cannibal? <laughs> I don't know. There was one recently who, more recent than them, I think, who I heard about on Bailey Sarian's podcast, and he he was an interesting dude. I mean, and, and cannibalism will I do think, that. I think they found about a cannibal case in Missouri recently. I don't I mean. know. I, my friend sent me the links because she, she like knows a guy who knows a guy cannibalism is so hot right guy. now uh, i walk around sometimes and i'm like who is thinking about eating people because <laughs> 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 i need to avoid yep. you <laughs> yep <laughs> anyway <laughs> history and education through graphic novel format to bring it back around yeah, sure yep <laughs> much more impactful i feel than having to read you know very dry matter of fact yep history books 100 percent. it's the same as whenever i had to read and this was prose but it was historical fiction kind of sure. prose mm -hmm. for the tulsa race massacre and that story has made more impact for me than any of the history books i read because it was evocative mm -hmm. you know and it's the same with the graphic novel format it they are evoking emotions which have greater impact on our memory than facts. So I get from these stories the emotional or pride or what the anger, whatever feeling you're trying to pass on in that story for that historical event. 
And I might remember that more than I'll ever remember what year or who. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know? yeah, and that's what's more important. Like, I feel like when you try to dryly teach something, if you give numbers and stats and everything, you would hope that someone will take that next step and be like, I wonder what it would be like to be that statistic. Or I wonder what it would be like to be in that, those shoes. But I feel like a lot of people don't take that jump. They just hear the fact it happens to like they just think about like oh that is something that happened interesting and move along whereas if you actually sit down and have to kind of like stew in the feeling it definitely makes a bigger impact it's why i i really love john meacham as a biographer i know more about andrew jackson and some of the founding fathers than i otherwise would but i also forgot so much about them because like he does <laughs> he does a great job writing about it and making it sound interesting but you don't get that same feeling as you do exactly what you said like you're, you're it's not evocative it is just it's storytelling the best you can while keeping everything because you don't know ex- you can't like be like here's some dialogue about thomas thomas jefferson's worst day ever you don't know you can't actually live it out whereas when you hand over that medium to medium to something that can actually like have a little bit of liberty and really get people in the shoes you can get so much more out of it totally totally so that's also one of the reasons i'm going to recommend that jessica cruz unearthed yeah (laughs) it's even though it's pure fiction just that the emotion around that in literally seeing the emotions drawn out because it's green lantern yeah Color is important. Yep. Ugh, so good. Okay. I will recommend on the other side of the coin, like Mm -hmm. in terms of what you just said, something that has zero color to it whatsoever, but is also it's nonfiction storytelling with lots of empathy to be had would be Black Cotton from Scout, Brian Hawkins and Patrick Foreman. Yes. Fantastic, fantastic way to really flip the script and hopefully just get some people to recognize and get some empathy for the minorities and just Mm -hmm. black people in this country and what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I adore it. For those who, I believe you've talked about it on your show before. Yep. For those that missed that, uh, Black Cotton is about a... The, it's a speculative it's, it's, what if. Yes, it's a thought experiment of what if white were the minority in the U.S. And mm-hmm. the story revolves around a wealthy family's son who shoots and kills a white girl. Who doesn't? Sorry, he, doesn't kill. Shoots and injures. injures a white girl. And then the fallout with the family and just, it's amazing. Like, it's hard to read at some points because, like, it, my brain breaks sometimes when you see, like, white lives matter. <laughs> yeah on the page and you're like no wait never mind that's in this world that's the right thing yep to say but i i love that book so much and i think it's going to be something that once collected will be fantastic for learning and for getting into schools and just to help teach empathy and to get people to understand Mm -hmm. the other side like yeah I, I love it. No, Black Cotton really stood out to me when I read the first issue. And I think I read the second as well. It could be that the third is in my stack because I am really working on catching up on all my graphic novels and trades. And that means my singles are. Yep. Sorry, Currents. <laughs> Sorry. 
the scene I always go back to is when the matriarch of the family confronts the white woman's family and says specifically, how much will it cost to make you go away? Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. And that, I think, really stuck because it was such, like, that emotion hit me. And it really put into perspective somehow the argument like when people are saying well did he have a gun did he do this did you know train to victim blame i don't know why but it was just such a really clear emotional shift for me seeing it presented in this flipped way obviously i had been participating in the growth that allowed for that i think emotional reaction but seeing it written out blatantly like that was kind of the final piece that I needed to go like, okay, so when somebody is saying something shitty and raceless, ask them to flip the script. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Is it uncomfortable for them to say that? Yeah. In that case, can they not justify that thought exercise? That was that final, I don't know, piece I needed to fully grasp that because I knew that like consciously I knew that, but emotionally I think I needed that presentation because it just was like oh yeah (laughs) final emotional piece that needed to be put into effect where it fully blended into my ethics which that's wonderful i love it i am comfortable sharing that because this podcast also does talk about ones we've talked about our ethical and emotional growth when it comes to addressing prejudices so yeah i was actually that's awesome because I was going to say what, the thing that got me in the book that I really appreciated because I remember a time when I, I mean I never had a platform to really do anything about it. But um, there's a there's also a point when in the book I guess slight spoilers, but really not because it's how the world works. That yep. once it starts going farther, and I think it's just issue two or something, is they start digging into her history, even though it has nothing yep. to do anything that's related to the shooting. They are putting out as much dirt as they can about her and trying. A smear campaign. Yeah, they're just yeah. smearing her on all mediums to just try and sway public support away from her. Like somehow she deserved it because she was seen partying at a club once. Like somehow that means even though you're unarmed, you should, you deserve to be shot. They've, I mean, the police have been using that for years and years and years now. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter in in the moment if they seemed innocent, they did something in the past. We arrested him years ago on like selling false cigarettes. So he deserved to be choked to death yep. like no, no they, they did something so that means it's okay that they died and it's just it's i remember back in the day like when i was in a more conservative surroundings and it wasn't about this because to be honest back then no one was talking about black lives it was more yep. like uh well she acted like this before so this was the outcome of that and yep. it made so many things disappear Like I'm, I remember the point when that broke in my brain, but there was a long while before where that just was like the norm and being like, oh, okay. So I guess I can just like not think about it. And it's, I don't know. I, I really, (laughs) there's so many of these books out there right now that I feel like 
if they could just get out there and people could experience it and see it, like what you're saying, like you just see it on the page and you, it finally can just click for you. So much can happen, but we don't care about education anymore. It feels like, so I don't know. (laughs) These are types of books that I want to put on my shelf at work Yeah, because that's the only area that I can really engage with kids. But there are a lot of things in those stories that, I have, I'm going to say, an audience at work (laughs) that is in such varying degrees of emotional, behavioral, and mental health that it's an additional challenge. It brings an additional challenge to confronting biases and hatred. That doesn't mean we don't confront it. We do. Having it out is probably a way to subtly engage with that. Um, and challenge those thoughts and give them a safe access to the ideas. I have parents who don't understand that their child is like independent of them. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And so there is a degree of discomfort of trying to not only get them to recognize that their child has autonomy, (laughs) and then on top of that, be like, let me challenge your entire political system. You know, it's like, Uh I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not invested and maybe the way I can subtly challenge things is by putting unearthed and black cotton on my shelf. And I should, anyway because fuck it i got moon girl and devil dinosaur on there so and fucking iron heights a representation (laughs) no it's super tricky but i know like as a professional i can't be like so i know you and your child fight constantly but you said something hella racist (laughs) like and it's like i know you two are having a fucking moment right here but i'm gonna pause your crisis That doesn't mean that, like, as I've referred people on to other services, that I'm just like, yo, what's up? This person (laughs) loses his book. (laughs) Like, might want to be a little leery. Yeah. Or, like, not even leery, but you might want to be cognizant of that. So you can, whenever it comes up, you can be like, that's bullshit. And then just, like, move on. Because there is, like, somebody who maintains that they're therapeutic reputation like rapport with their client can challenge that. My role is so temporary. Like, I see them maybe four times a year, if not just once. Yeah, that's a tougher so, spot to be like, hey, I'm going to challenge your your ideas <laughs> real quick while I, I'll I see you in a few months. Challenge your core beliefs, yeah. yeah. See you next year. Yep. Really hope you think about that conversation I just you know yep. had with you. Like, it's like, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want... But that does mean whenever I'm off the clock and I'm running into people and they say stupid shit, I'm like, you're saying stupid shit. <laughs> like, and I can tell you this and I've had this pent up energy all day. Like, <laughs> I hear you. I mean, it's, yeah, no, I understand that because I, man, I can tell you, you walk around, I'm a little over six foot. I'm white. I'm a dude. You would probably not be surprised by how comfortable racist bigoted assholes just assume Uh, they will have you will have their same thoughts and ideas they're like oh you're a white dude so i can just i can just use the n-word now and like it's just you cannot yeah and that is (laughs) literally what i say that that is not okay and it is so gross how much they just and that just 
concerns me because like they're like they just took a stab in the dark that i would just agree how many times are they doing this where either people are agreeing or not saying anything and it just is horrifying every time it happens to me i'm like i can't believe you feel comfortable enough to just say this yeah and that people should think about that more often if you're so, a stranger to somebody and they're like i'm gonna say some hateful shit to you yeah. not about you you'd be like what the fuck like how much point. hatred <laughs> is in you yeah. i oh it's mortifying uh, i was meeting with someone recently who like just spouted off some sexist shit mid-conversation oh, <laughs> they were like yeah well everyone believes girls <laughs> just like oh boy <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm just sitting there i'm like i literally have five minutes before like i'm leaving this meeting <laughs> i don't even have time to confront this <laughs> like you could just said this at the top fuck? because i needed the hour yeah like, yeah like i could have used all of this and no and what i did point out like at some point in the conversation i was like hey you know we should maybe do xyz because of abc that you told me he was like i'm feeling judged oh, <laughs> i'm so sorry wow uh, so what i oh god i'm not gonna lie when i typed up a message to somebody else kind of as a follow-up i was like i think dude sexist <laughs> <laughs> just like fyi uh, fyi he, like, he just said it like unprompted like <laughs> it's just there it just, yeah like you should maybe think about that oh, yeah <laughs> so, no, yeah it's, it's just the like, worst I'm not going to interact with this person again, yeah. but it was just like, he's now in my head. Right? He now lives in my head. No, and that's what sucks is that I know these, I can picture these people who have talked to me like this, who I've, I try not to engage aggressively, which is really difficult. It's really hard to tell them like, I disagree. I think you're wrong, but I, I also don't feel safe <laughs> disagreeing to a strong, in a strong way. It's, it's, mm. it's taken a lot of time and I've gotten, I've had a few times when it's gotten real dicey. <laughs> so I don't recommend it to anybody without really don't, don't do it unfiltered. <laughs> don't confront that in the wild unfiltered. Um, it's, it's a thing. I will say maybe there's some benefit to being part of the group that's considered Correct. the perfect victim, white women, because yep. I can sit there, yeah. like, I'll go up to people and they'll be like, I said stupid shit. And like, and I'm challenging your stupid shit. And they're like, oh, I can't beat your ass. And, and I'm like, aha, we're in public. And correct. And that's your privilege. <laughs> I love it. Like, <laughs> and I'm just use like, it. I like, can say things against you yes. and you can't punch me because I'm little. Correct. Whereas <laughs> I'm almost 6'2". If I get punched, who knows how that's going to yeah. shake out like yeah if if they throw a punch and then i was stupid enough to also do it uh, mm -hmm. i were probably both in trouble so yeah no that's awesome and i love that like use man i i think it's yeah. a little ridiculous to be honest i mean i think wow we can go on so many tangents because like domestic abuse against men is a really huge thing yep. and like men v women in terms of physical altercations ha is wildly layered yep but in public that is super not okay and it won't fly and you will the bystander effect that's one of the few breaks of bystander effect it seems is when a man strikes a woman which is great we should not have bystander effect on any violence that happens period yeah but if somebody's gonna be punched i'll be the first person 
because then people are going to beat the ass of who punched yeah, me. Yeah, it's great. It works out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit to hatred and fighting against hatred. And I don't even really know how to sum up everything we talked no, about. No, there besides, really isn't a way. If, yeah, if there was, we'd also have a solution to it. So, <laughs> Fine. That would be true. That would be true. So anyway, comic books. Comic books. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, okay. To kind of continue with this, I like think about this a lot because of my field and my friends and the dialogue and just general goodness because <laughs> i also grew up in a conservative home and came out of that uh, i yeah. weird how conservatives raise leftists it's fine yep i've watched tv shows i've read prose but comic books there's i've been so exposed to such great narratives within them and I think there's just something about having that art there rather than having to do the work of imagining the situation or remembering certain identifying features of characters it makes it so much easier to stay engaged in the emotion for the character, right? Like I'm looking Definitely. at the Flintstones uh, on my shelf right here. I have the hardcover deluxe coming soon. I'm so, that's ex amazing. I'm so excited. Anyways. <laughs> but that's a story that still sits in my head. Yeah. And yeah. when it talks about even its own presentation of injustices and in the comedic <laughs> like shell of Flintstones yeah. era, and they're talking about monogamy versus polygamy, yep. you know, and it's yeah. like just to show the absurdity of our fight of our argument with it. And then to even talk about PTSD and all these other things, I'm just like, Holy shit. Like I really sit in that story more than if I had probably read that in prose. Well, it's easy because like the stress, the like PTSD being played out on a panel is easier to land with because they can actually show you those feelings. It isn't like yeah, they do the work for yeah, you. They're not kind trying of. to visualize what it's like to be in that state. They are showing like that character what they're seeing or how they're feeling, and it resonates much more easily. And I I love that. I mean, I love me some prose. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, which is why I also love other history of the DC universe. It's like the two have paired pretty much prose. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I love when they match up a little bit. But when it comes to like consuming and actually really like it actually gets in you. I I get that from comic books way easier and more often. It's way harder for me to connect that to that level with just words. I remember reading at one point that prose, like reading, the act of reading, not necessarily prose, but the act of reading does increase a person's empathy mm -hmm. it, because you do have to try to understand the emotion of the person you're reading and kind of going like off of what you were saying and a little bit of them doing the work for you i think comics can engage with empathy more because you're not getting that monologue yeah you're not immersed in it you're not being swept on this adventure you have to interpret somebody else's feelings mm -hmm. and that really takes a lot of work and can really take a lot of creativity from the reader to understand what's happening in these scenes. It, sometimes you have to get the full context before you can go back and understand the panels and the expressions. But I think that it truly engages with those emotional muscles more than prose does. For sure. Again, you're not getting a monologue. And that's, you're getting... And when it comes to empathy, I completely agree. There's definitely more out of 
there's something more out of a novel that you can get in terms of like overarching like storytelling and there is something to be said about your imagination for building a world i think there are a lot of benefits of prose and just a novel versus a graphic novel but when it comes to empathy and easily like identifying characters feelings and emotions there's nothing really that can beat a graphic novel because a movie puts it in your face. A book makes you have to really work to get there. Whereas a graphic novel is like this nice in between where there's some dialogue, there's probably some exposition, but then here's a still image that you then can like take the ball and run with that. And it kind of engages both sides where your imagination is still playing out a little bit and you're also being spoon fed at the same time. And I think it's that like overlap of the two, the ease of a movie just showing it to you and the difficulty of being able to like focus and let your brain just take over your imagination for a book that like a graphic novel sits right in the middle. And I love that. Mm -hmm. You also don't get a, a soundtrack with graphic novels. Yeah, where it's not like, oh, here's some uplifting yeah. music that's making me like my brain's already like, oh, I feel good about mm -hmm. this, even though I'm like, this acting is terrible. Why do why is this no, resonating right? with me You're at like, all? This is <laughs> like I'm gonna cry. This is nothing yeah. I've experienced or even really care about, but I'm crying. Yep. I'm so crying. Danny yeah. Zimmerman. <laughs> oh no, I always love it though. Whenever I'm reading a comic and I can hear it. Like my yes. brain is just like, and it's dramatic violin <laughs> yes. sound. You're like, yes, dramatic. Yep. Like, um, that's just good shit. I just, I don't know. I just love comics. Me too. And like, I want them to be, I think they're a serious art form. And I wish it was easier for people to accept that, that I guess, like even professionals who kind of still thumb their nose at mm -hmm. comics or even professionals in the industry and fans too. Cause it's like, having being a serious industry means you have to have a certain standard for storytelling ensure masses amount of shit get published no, but it's about in prose too <laughs> of course yeah you got to get a good ratio but understanding that you know it's not just the underground comics of the 90s yeah or comics of the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you know like I was reading in the eighties Captain Adam run and the politics and relevancy of that. Like I understood that they were referencing Vietnam war. <laughs> like, yeah. like I understood that they were representing like the disestablishment of mental health services. Like I understood those references because I know a little bit of history, not a lot, <laughs> but like that ties into the seriousness of the stories. I feel and like I have kind of found that if a story doesn't connect with a political relevancy i mean there could be comedy like that's fine and smut whatever sure. but like if you don't have some realistic anchor for me <laughs> something even with money you. shot i am yeah it, money shot is experiencing financial problems yeah. and like i get that I funding for that. agencies is shit <laughs> they're like porn to solve it creative great do Good it work you found you found that loophole. Yeah, but if someone's like, I got nothing connecting you because I'm going to just have crazy fun shit. I'm like, I don't know if this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, literally, this just feels like a self-insert and I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you mentioned even having like fans and creators taking it seriously because sometimes even fans will downplay like how good comics are and how like of a serious Mm -hmm. medium it is i was on reddit i don't know like two weeks ago and somebody said something about comic books about how like they're they'll never be as like profound or as serious as like novels like prose will be i nicely was just like hey you should look out for and i listed a bunch of like the indie creators like jeff lemire and yeah i was just thinking gideon falls and trillium i was like have you read those and i was like and those are the books that i recommended and then i find out that they were like oh i've been a lifelong reader and i i know of these things i'm like why did you say the thing you said before then i'm really confused and they were like they came at me like they were like you don't have to be so aggressive and i even though i was just like hey we're actually in like a golden age of indie comics right now like whatever your whatever you think comics were it's really different right now if you just get outside of the big two and even now i didn't i didn't get into that but it's like even now dc actually has some stuff that's actually pretty serious oh my god yes superhero comics you mentioned i'm not a superhero person i've been reading more superheroes lately and i'm stressed (laughs) but (laughs) but get it i'm understanding them now yeah. and it's there's some also quality stories that i'm being presented with like up in the superman up in the sky fucking yeah. wrecked my shit that's good stuff oh my god that's good stuff and i have super sons over there nice those super sons you read uh superman uh smashes the clan i have not read that yet also awesome i think we didn't have enough copies whenever it came in tom taylor's so. nightwing right now is very excellent I just uh, dropped almost all of my my pull list because I'm switching to because <gasps> I'm switching to trades. I only have four books on my pull list right now. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. For anybody who's okay. also listened to Comic Burrito, I keep saying trades are the way to go, and I'm doing it. Um, but Nightwing is one of those books that is still on my pull list. <laughs> it's really good. That's fair. Mine's dropped significantly because books just ended, and I can't stay on top of everything so why keep getting stuff that you're not reading right um but i'm thinking that cowboy bebop titan comics comics (laughs) i'm I'm having to make some sacrifices but yeah this is gonna be on there i yeah i'm not even sure if it'll make it to a collection you know so it's like i need to get it now I mean, the ad for it says based on the new Netflix live action series adapted from the anime. How do you beat that? Yes. (laughs) How do you beat that? Give me the spinoff of a (laughs) spinoff. I would love to talk more about the DC books, too, because I read um, Teen Titans Raven, Teen Titans Beast Boy. Nice. Beast Boy Hearts Raven. Oh, my God. It was such a cute little trilogy. Cute. Awesome. And also they have this kind of aged up Damien. Oh, nice. Yeah. And... Uh, I've been waiting for them to put that in because I'm so sick of whiny 12-year-old Damien. I mean, he's still whiny, but, but no, at least but, he's like a little older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's legal to drive when he ah, does drive. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but even then, it's kind of like, it's just sappy because he shows up in the, uh, well, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's sure. just one of those like, the, one of the other, ca- the, he's cuddling another character at one point and you're just like, it's a little softy little softy baby boy (laughs) but i actually really did enjoy those books from cami garcia they're really quick reads but enjoyable i kind of i've always really loved beast boy and raven and it just kind of solidified that 
awesome. I haven't dug into much of the DCYA stuff. I really want to because I do not understand the stigma of YA. I read every, I read kid comics all the time. So like it's Honestly, in between the two. <laughs> probably because YA is stuck in a corner. Oh no, there's, I mean, there's a reason why I don't read a majority of it, but <laughs> there is good stuff there. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, is th- those were really good. And then I also read I'm Not Starfire. Ooh, awesome. I want to read that too. That looked awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it in the, I saw it like 12 times in the ads. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. You know, a bit, of course, on the dramatic side, but it's sure. YA and superheroes. But um, I still thought it was a really good story. And Starfire tries so hard to be a good mom. <laughs> I love it. That I mean... I was already sold on it, but this sounds great. <laughs> I love, I love YA stuff, and it's not because I'm a woman. Because I know female writers get trapped into YA a lot. I love it because it has a range of emotional experiences and emotional growth, and it's usually a complete story. Like the character has a beginning, a growth, and an end. Wait, a full there is arc? A... Yeah, Can you do that. Well, not even a comics. Oh, I'm not even talking a full fucking arc. I'm talking a beginning, a middle, and an end. Oh, like, like the, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Like, it actually, yeah. Like it, you start with something, then yeah. there's a journey, and then there's it just finishes. There's not like a weird like, finishes. thing at the end that's you're like, oh, here comes more problems. Nope, it just, it's, it's just, just done? It's, I mean, is this a new idea in comics? I don't know if you've heard about indie comics, but. <laughs> <laughs> Their characters usually only exist in the one comic. Wow. <laughs> like, this seems uh... wild. <laughs> <laughs> I like knowing that the things I love go on forever and yes. I can't cope with loss. Yep. <laughs> I, that is an interesting idea if that's just why. <laughs> People just don't want to say goodbye even though like, you know that Batman story could be done and that could just be a dude with a different name doing the exact same stuff. I can't say goodbye to Bruce Wayne. I love yeah. him. But it's got to be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it can't be anybody else doing that exact same thing. I mean, like, I don't like, I didn't like any of my breakups, but, you know, stories had to come to an end at some sure, point. Sure, because if like, they didn't, you'd still be with them. Yeah, and I think I'd be miserable. <laughs> so just throwing that out there to folks who can't let go it's true as i sit here with my deep and passionate love for all things green lantern (laughs) but you love a lot of different green lanterns it is truth and i'm always excited when they get new ones (laughs) yeah they've handed off the mantle so much like joe is already one of my favorite did you read far sector no it's on my list Oh, oh my goodness yeah yeah I think N.K. Jemison is amazing, and she did such a good job with Joe. Joe has like only been is she's barely in the universe and already like right up there with Kyle for my favorite lanterns. And it was such a good story. Oh my goodness, it's it's one of the best Green Lantern stories ever. I am going to have to check it out. I know, like I've been kind of saying that for a while. I feel, but ever so like, in it, and I've heard this the same sentiment that I am expressing with non-Green Lantern people. Now it's about in trades. That's true. I think that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, um, volume two just came out. That's the, because it's just, it's 12 yeah. issues and it's done. That's what I was definitely waiting for. My comic shop is in the middle of a move. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So shit's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're awesome. You're awesome. Anytime. (laughs) Happy to close out this dope season two with you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So thanks for everyone for joining us. Thank you. Bye. I always enjoy telling children while while they're trick-or-treating to only take one. And then as soon as I close the door, I am eating 10 of them. (laughs) (laughs) See, I would be the adult who'd be like, only take one. Only take one! (laughs) Just like staring the dead in the eye because I'm as tall as them. And I'll be like, do it. Only take one. Just do it. Just take one. (laughs) 